Destination Unknown. It's our new series we begin today. I don't know if you remember life before GPS. Do you remember maps? Paper maps? You unfolded them, right? Or you had the big Rand McNally road atlas. That was Christie's favorite friend when we traveled on the road. Because most of the time we had to call ahead at a payphone. You remember payphones, right? We had to use a payphone to call ahead to get directions so we could know how to get there. What landmarks do we look for? I don't know if you've ever set out on a trip and you didn't know where you were going. You just kind of got in the car or the truck and you kind of knew where you wanted to end up, but you had no idea how to get there. And so many are wandering through life just like that today. They have a rough idea where they want to end up, but no plan, no directions, no real way to get there. So they just kind of meander through life, hoping to somehow find what they're looking for. And I believe God has something much greater for you and I than that. Amen. He's got a plan and a purpose for our lives. And even though we may have to walk some of it by faith and not by sight, we have to trust what he says, not what we see. Many times in my life, I've had to just say, okay, God, I don't see what you said yet, but I trust that what you said is going to show up at some point. Every time God has called Christy and I and our family to a new place, to a new ministry, to, to do something outside of the box, it's always been a word without any ability to see. And that, my friends, is exciting. <laughs> a bit scary. Sometimes... You walk in trepidation saying, God, are you sure? Are you sure? Because this doesn't make much sense to my senses. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. It was in the, in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. And sometimes in our lives, some things have to die in order for our vision to become clearer. Some of us are hanging on to things that are alive that should be dead. And it wasn't until King Uzziah died that Isaiah was able to see clearly the Lord and he just didn't see the Lord. He, he saw him sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
He saw him in his glory. He saw him in his rightful place. And sometimes there are things in our lives that are blocking our view of what God has for us and of who God is and wants to be in our lives. Are you with me today? Because I believe God is taking us to new levels. He wants to take us to new places that we've never been before. Destination unknown at this point. It was like when he called Abraham out and he said, I'm taking you to a place you've never been before. And Abe's like, okay, let's go. Sounds like an adventure to me. And God took him on the adventure of his life. It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. That was some kind of robe, I got to say. Because if the train of his robe filled the temple, the robe must have been pretty spectacular. How many of you remember Princess Diana's wedding? And the train that, but God's train fills the entire temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. And they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And Isaiah makes a note here. He says, their voices shook the temple to its foundations. And the entire building was filled with smoke. And if you have a problem with loudness and smoke, you're not going to enjoy heaven, I can just tell you that. Their voices shook the foundation of the temple. Their voices, not everything else, their voices. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah was taken back and shaken by the moment. And he noticed the smoke filling the temple. And then he said, it's all over. I'm doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Now when you see him, when you have that kind of experience with God and you see him for who he is, you begin to realize your insufficiencies. And Isaiah said, it's over. I'm, I'm undone. It, this, this, wow. I'm, I'm seeing God and I'm realizing who I am. And I realize the people sitting next to me are all filthy too. 
just turn to your neighbor and say, you're as filthy as I am. <laughs> it's true. There's none righteous, no, not one. None of us are righteous in and of ourselves. But when we put on his righteousness, when we're clothed in Jesus, and I love what happens next. He realizes what's going on in his life. He says, hey, I live among a bunch of filthy people with filthy lips. I've got filthy lips. I'm a sinful man. I'm doomed. It's all over. And one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And he touched my lips with it and said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. One touch from heaven's altar and everything changes. When you come into his presence and realize you've got nothing and you are nothing, but if he'll just touch you, if you'll just receive what he has for you, everything will change. Your sins will be forgiven. The path of your life will change. He's got good things for you. He's got good things for you. He's a good father. He loves you. He told us this morning, he reminded us again, he's a good father. He loves us. He's got plans for us. He's got big days ahead for us. Trust him. Put your hand in his nail-scarred hand. And Isaiah said, then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And a quick response came out of him. I said, here I am. Send me. See, something had changed. A couple of moments ago, it's all over. <laughs> I'm dead. This is awful. Because I realize I'm filthy. My lips are filthy. Everybody around me is filthy. But then that touch, that touch. You can receive that touch today before you walk out of this building. God wants to touch you. Mm. He says, I got to send somebody. And Isaiah said, here I am. Send me. Send me where? Who cares? If he's sending, I'm going. If he wants me to go somewhere, I don't care where it is. I know he'll be with me because you're with me. I will not fear. We didn't know they were going to sing that song. It wasn't my plan. I didn't understand. But God said, I'm going to weave this whole thing together today. Because he's with me, I will not fear. Because if he goes, it doesn't matter where I go. Destination unknown. But as long as he's with me, 
as long as he's with me. You can go into the lion's den as we looked at last week and he'll be with you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear because he's with you. I used to pray this as a young man. Here I am, Lord. Send me. And I meant it. And he surprised me several times in my life. Tapped me on the shoulder and said, okay, time to move, time to go over here. I'm like, where? I'll show you when, when you get there, you'll know. Huh? And so he took me up on it. Here I am, Lord, send me. Are you available for God to tap you on the shoulder? Have you been in his presence enough to where you recognize without him you're nothing? Have you been near him enough to realize that if he touches you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? You can go where everyone else fears to go. You can do what everyone else is afraid to do. You can be what everyone else is afraid to be because he's with you. Here I am, Lord, send me. But today I want to focus on one place that God may just send you and probably is sending you. Here I am, Lord, send me to my family. Really? Really, the family? I mean, there's nothing glamorous about family, is there? Because family knows you inside and out. They know your smells. They know your sounds. They know your good parts, and they know your awful parts. Right? Right? Some of you are sitting next to your family and just look at them. Go ahead. Because you know. But what if God is sending us to our families? I was at uh, Brownsville Assembly of God, Pensacola, Florida during a revival that broke out in the uh, early 90s. I lived in the 90s. I remember back in the 70s. That's right, I was in high school in the 70s. I went to high school camp and the evangelist said, if Jesus tarries his coming to the 1980s, I will be shocked. I'm sitting there going, I want to be married. I want to have kids. And here I am, 58 years old, having lived through a bunch of stuff, seen a lot of things. But in 19, the 90s, I was at Brownsville Assembly, and it was a, a week where a Jeannie Mayo, who was one of my youth pastoring heroes, 
she was holding a youth pastor's conference at that church. And we happened, as a family, we were traveling at that time. And we happened to be going through that area. And so I went to the conference. I was excited. I'd been out of youth ministry for several years because of traveling with my family. And I went to the youth conference and I sat in the back and there were these calls, you know, and altar calls and I wanted to respond. And one of them I did and I just, I, I was at the altar and I was kneeling and I said, God, I'm so frustrated right now because I left youth ministry, which was my heart. I was, I was a youth pastor for 12 years. And I left youth ministry and, and here I am going from church to church, living in a camper, and I miss pouring into all those young people. Many of them had gone on to full-time ministry. Many of them had, had had encounters with God that absolutely changed the destiny of their lives. We still get messages from them. And and I'm I'm just kind of pity partying it. You know, you're, you never, yeah, you've never done that. <laughs> and the Lord said to me, go back to your camper and open your eyes. Your youth group is in your house. And I was like, huh? He said, you have three children. Pour your life into them. And that moment changed everything for me. Because I was looking out. The world. The nations of the world. Large stages, young people everywhere. And God said, focus. Focus on what I've placed in your house. I went home that day. And I had been an intentional parent before that. But that different perspective changed everything for me. And my intentionality increased. And I began to pour in, Christy and I both began to pour into our children all that they would become in the days to follow. And I'm getting the benefit of that today because sometimes when you raise their kids, they never leave. <laughs> and for us, that's a blessing. Luke 8, 38, the man who had been freed from the demons, remember Legion? He begged to go with Jesus, and Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family. And tell them everything God has done for you. Go back to your family, your oikos, that Greek word. Remember we talked about that a few weeks ago? Those 8 to 15 people that God has placed on the front burner of your life. Go back to those near you. Go back to your family and tell them all that God has done for you. 
So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Family, we, we can get really negative about family. We can get to the point that we want to minister to anyone and everyone, but family, we want to go into real ministry. And yet, sometimes God is pushing us in a direction that could change the direction of many other families. Sometimes we think a sour kind of attitude about homemaking and parenting is necessary, acceptable, and even a rite of passage. After all, a common encouragement to someone in the midst of the trenches in homemaking or parenting, raising children, is to console them with the thoughts of, this too shall pass. We grin and bear it. We talk about everything we're going to do someday when we get our real life back. What if your real life is supposed to be doing the ordinary things right now in an extraordinary manner? What if you're called in the mundane, everyday, ordinary stuff to make a difference in just even one life? Your contribution to the world may not be something you do. It may be someone you raise. And if you don't have children today, don't tune me out because God's speaking to you as well. Because you can pour your life into somebody who may just change the destiny of our world. What if we had different eyes? a different perspective and said, here I am, Lord, send me to my family. In the love dare for parents, Alex and Stephen Kendrick, the Kendrick brothers, they write, one of the great joys of parenting is the opportunity to know and love another person from the moment of their birth, to watch them discover the world with wonder, to see them grow physically and relationally day after day, season after season, firsthand in front row, enjoying the journey of seeing them become. But a hidden key to children truly becoming the persons God created them to be involves a parent's influence in that direction. Not by manipulation or force, but by the intentional watering of the seeds God has planted in them. By giving them a blessing. To bless someone actually means to speak well of. It's a parent using their God-given authority to verbally affirm their children for who they are while also encouraging and inspiring them toward future success. You can build the ideal setting for future wings to take flight. Pointing out a child's skill or character could be part of a blessing. Saying things like, I could see you becoming a great with your strengths and abilities, you could probably, what impresses me is your giftedness and heart for. And then you follow these words of blessing by your investment. I remember the days where everything our children leaned towards, we went and purchased. Elijah wanted to play the guitar. We bought him a guitar. Isaiah wanted to play the drums. He got all of the, the 
pots and pans out of the, the cupboards. And he beat them to death. Every pot and pan we had had dents in it. <laughs> so we got him a little electric drum thingy. And, and we, we invested. And everywhere we went, we invested in our children. He says, follow these words of blessing by your investment, your prayer, your encouragement, introducing them to individuals of influence in that area, giving them opportunities and the things they will need to help them succeed. This is not about predetermining a college major or planning their career path. God will lead them through the, those matters in his time. But your ongoing encouragement will keep fresh wind in their sails as they navigate which paths to take. Your blessing, he says, can enable them to see themselves as a chosen part of God's plan and his word on earth within their generation. It can remind them of the grander reasons why he has endowed them with such talent, surrounded them with specific opportunities, and made them his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand. They go on to say, as your blessing soaks into their hearts, they can progress without feeling the need to find outside approval from unhealthy sources. They will stop living insecurely and start living confidently, free from fear and self-doubt. When God blesses us, he is forecasting his favor, guiding us toward abundant life. So don't be afraid to speak your own words of blessing over your children. Don't fail to cast a vision that spurs them on to consider what wonderful things God could accomplish through them the lives they could touch, the difference they could make, the blessing they could be. My parents did that for me. Every so often they would speak words of life over me and encourage me in ways that, that seemed so contradictory to who I seemed to be on my insides. I was so shy and, and reserved and scared and, and afraid of crowds and people and didn't want to do that kind of thing. And, and yet through the, the encouragement and the push and the, the prayer behind the encouragement, I found myself launching into places and doing things that I never dreamed could be possible. God uses you and maybe he's calling you to your family. I've said it for years. Call them what you want them to become until they become what you call them. Call them what you want them to become until they become what you call them. Some of us are living with words that weren't so positive. We find ourselves living out what others said we were. God wants to change all that. That's why he speaks blessing and honor over you. That's why he speaks his favor over you. That's why he pours out abundant blessings over you. Call them what you want them to become until they become what you call them. You ever been dumpster diving? Or garbage gleaning? <laughs> what are you doing in somebody else's garbage? You're seeing potential. 
right? You see something that someone else has thrown away and said, that's useless, and you looked at it and said, oh, no, I, I got big plans for that. that. That will work perfect. Sometimes that's what God has done for us. He's taken us out. He sees a treasure in us. He sees treasure in us where everyone else sees trash. He says, just wait and see. This is going to be fabulous. Just wait and see. She's going to be fabulous. You just wait and see. He's got potential. He's going to be fabulous. Because I've got plans. God calls those things that are not as though they are. He looks at us and says, it's not there yet, but I'm calling it out. And he speaks life. He speaks words of encouragement. He calls greatness out of us. He sees potential where others see nothing special. David was the least in his family. Everyone else looked at him and said, nothing special there. God Almighty comes along and says, I see a king. There's a king in that boy. There's somebody who's got my heart. So he called it out of David. He called them what you want them to become until they become what you call them. Some of us need to look at a situation in our life right now and call it what we want it to become. This seemingly dead-end job is the key and gateway to my incredible future. What if I saw through different eyes? What if I said, Lord, this marriage is a training ground because you're doing something in me. You're creating in me something nothing else can create. And my future must be amazing. The situation I'm in is what God is using me to make me the person, the leader, the man of God, the woman of God. He wants me to be. Time to take a new look. It's time to get a better view. Time to see what only God can see. It's time to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. I'm not much that all that special, but Lord, you, you somehow picked me. You somehow chose me. You somehow reached down and saw something in me. You're calling things that are not as though they are. You're the God who gives life to the dead. Things that may be dead. Some of you are in situations that seem to be dead right now, but God is saying, I'm giving life. I'm giving life right now. So I join forces with him and I say, here I am, send me. You've touched my lip with a coal from off the altar of God. I'm in. I'm in, Lord. I don't know what I got to offer, but I'm in. I'll do whatever you ask me to. I'll go wherever you say to go. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll do what you want me to do. Here I am, Lord, send me. Thank you, Lord. Stand with me. Holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. 
holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Oh, yeah. Awesome God. Come on, just begin to worship Him right now. Lift your hands. Lift your voices. Offer yourself. Say, God, here I am. Here I am. Lord, kill off those things that need to be dead so I can see you. So I can see you, Lord. So I can see you high and lifted up. So I can see you for who you really are. And I can see myself in need of you. And I can see you touching me, Lord. I can see you anointing me, Lord. I can see you sending me, Lord. And I give myself to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. send me here I am send me Lord here I am Lord send me send me to my family send me Lord send me send me Lord I'm not worried about anybody else right now Lord I'm just concentrating on me send me Lord because when you send me, I'll touch others who will touch others. Awesome God. Lord, reach down in each and every one of our hearts this morning. As we say yes to you. As we say yes to you, Lord. If you want to say yes to Jesus this morning. You just to lift your hands toward heaven. Say, Lord, send me. Send me, Lord. Come on. Hands of surrender this morning. I'm in, Lord. Here I am. Here I am. You can count on me, Lord. Touch me with a coal from off the altar of God. Thank you, Jesus. Your love poured out my sin, erased it was my death.
Some of you need to respond to God today by stepping out from where you are, walking this way, and just saying, here I am. Send me. And I'm going to invite you to do that today. I'm just going to open up this altar area because some of you just need to take that step of faith and walk. Say, God, it's kind of symbolic. I'm just going to kind of say, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, if you're calling me to my family, I know it's not glamorous, but it could be life-changing. Or wherever you're calling me, Lord, I just want to, I want to say yes. I want to say yes. If that's you, just come. Come now. Come now, in Jesus' name. I'm coming, Lord. You're the God who gives life to the dead. You call those things which do not exist as though they did. There is somebody in this church right now that you've heard the word of God and yet you can't respond because of the unforgiveness that you have towards your family. And God today says this intersection today is divine so that the forgiveness flows in you towards your family. There's somebody here that there is such hardness towards your family. You want to cry out, but you don't know what they did to me. God says, I do. I know. I know. That word today that was spoken about your father God already designed today for you. I don't know who you are, but God says today, today is your day of freedom. I'm setting you free. I'm setting you free today. I'm setting you free today. And I don't know who you are, but if you'll respond and give that whatever you have carried to the Lord, he will absolutely bombard you with who he is today. And it could be somebody watching online right now. God's saying to you, give it up. Respond. Maybe you need to kneel where you're at right now. Just say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. Father, you see us today exactly where we're at. For some of us, Lord, walking this aisle has been very difficult it's been a huge step because there's a little bit of fear here to say but what if you're calling me to do something i can't do but lord we're reminded that as you touched isaiah's lips with the coal from off the altar of god you took away his uncleanness and you gave him the ability to speak which he he needed for what you had called him to and Lord, you're going to equip us for what you have called us to. And we will be in situations where we have to rely completely on you, Lord. And we're willing to do that. 
So we say, here I am. Send me. Send me to my family. Wherever, Lord. Destination unknown. It doesn't matter. But we're going to follow you. We're going to do what you want us to do. And we commit ourselves today. We put a stake in the ground today in this altar area saying, okay, God, whatever you want, whoever you let lead me by your spirit. I say yes to you. Here I am. Send me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Have you just keep yourself shut in, keep your eyes closed for a moment because I want to give everyone an opportunity to know Jesus this morning. Maybe you're here today and, and you've not allowed Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. And you're kind of wondering what it's all about, but Jesus came. He gave himself as a sacrifice for your sin. You don't have to walk out of here the same way you walked in because Jesus can clean you up. He can give you a brand new start. And if you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, I want to pray with you. If you just raise a hand up high, we're going to pray together. All right? All right? Anyone? Yes, one. Someone else. I need Jesus today to be the Lord of my life. I want to quit living for myself. I want to allow him to set me free. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Before you walk out of here today, let Jesus transform you from the inside out. If you raised your hand or you needed to, pray this prayer with me out loud so you can hear it and everyone else around you can hear it. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I declare with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you that you clean me up. I can't clean myself up, but you can. And I give myself to you. Jesus, I love you. And I will follow you all the days of my life. I know that God raised you from the dead, and I am saved. I am saved. The blood of Jesus now runs through my veins. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. All the old things have passed away. All things have become new. I've got a new start. I'm starting out brand new and fresh today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's all lift our hands and begin to praise him this morning. The Lamb oh. of God in my praise, your blood poured out my sin, erased it was my death. You died, I am raised to life. Hallelujah, the Lamb of God. Sing the the Lamb of God in my place, your blood poured out my sin.
congratulations. You got a brand new start. Welcome to the family. A couple things you need to do. Get a Bible. Okay? Get a Bible. Our ushers have them at the door today. Just say, hey, I need one of those. Start reading it. It's God's word to you. He wants to talk to you. You talk to him through prayer. He talks to you through the word. Secondly, get in a good church. This is a good one. But if you don't feel comfortable here, find a good one that preaches the word of God. Okay? Find a good church. And thirdly, tell somebody what God's done for you. Jesus was always sending people out. Go tell them. Tell them what God's done. Tell them what God's done. Because you overcome the enemy of your soul by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and by the word of your testimony of Jesus, what he's done in your life. Speak about it. Tell somebody the good news. Jesus has changed you, and he can change them too. Amen? Amen? Amen. You love the Lord today? We're going to keep singing and worshiping. You can stick around if you'd like. If you need to go, have a blessed week. God be with you. God use you. Be Jesus with skin on to somebody. Let him use you this week. The Lamb of God in my face, your blood poured out, my sin erased, you was my dead, you died, I am raised to life, hallelujah, the Lamb of God, there is, there is no The Lamb of